Welcome back to China. We're on episode 23 with myself, Fatima. And your girl, Mina. And it's me, Labia. And last but not least, Naman. If you guys listened to our last episode, then you'll know we talked about being children of immigrants. And in that episode, we focused mostly on our parents' journeys when they did immigrate from back home to the countries that we all live in now. And how it's very different to our struggles at the moment. Um, in this episode, we kind of wanted to focus a little bit more on us because we all have main character syndrome <laughs> and we couldn't handle having the attention away from us for too long. So um, I've been reading this. Well, I, I always bang on about these, this Instagram page, the publication, and they have a really nice article called The Trauma That We Transfer. And it talks about how a lot of our parents that did immigrate, not all of them, obviously, but a lot of them have come from places of trauma, particularly places that were at war, like Somalia, for example, that we talked about last time. Um, and I really like this part of it where it says, the generations of war have meant a survive rather than thrive style of parenting has endured unchecked. Many of us have accepted since youth that if we were to step out of line in certain areas like the education path that would be most desired that the response from our parents and family would be catastrophic in certain communities that have historically experienced poverty or prolonged instability there is a constant need to ensure children's safety and security at whatever cost securing a child's education means giving them the tools to survive in the world that they know so what are your thoughts i feel like that sums up hmm. like most children of immigrant stories where it's like so much emphasis is put on like surviving and thriving and whatever in whatever definition our parents like find most suitable especially when they come to countries that have completely different systems and everything and they see like one path as the most stable path for a successful life and if you mm. and if you don't follow mm. that path like there isn't room for like not create there isn't room for like experimentation it's like we immigrated Era. to this country for you to do well don't yeah. be a, start a podcast <laughs> don't, don't be a clown <laughs> don't start a podcast <laughs> to paint <laughs> i feel like it's also because um, to read books it, it's also because Yes, one is that they've immigrated for majority of them for us, for our future. But also um, another thing is that they feel like education and educating yourself to the best, uh, to the to toppers, the being the top of your class will get you far. Because it's always a struggle being, first of all, an immigrant. And again, being black. And on top of that, being Muslim and you're far away from your country. So you kind of like, they've, oh, I don't know, for me, it's my, parent, my parents have always inserted in me that education comes first. Everything because else it gives you, is secondary. Yeah, because it gives you a level of stability that I guess, I mean, yeah, in the end, you want, you, you need to be educated to get a good job so you can be stable. And the stability yeah. is the the stability is like the outcome of struggling for survival, right? That's what that's yeah. That's what you want to achieve for is stability. Yeah. But it's interesting because it's yeah. So when you look at the the kinds of careers that um that we are normally pushed towards, right? Like so, whether it's being a doctor, doctor. engineer, you know, the, the a lawyer, stereotypical, like yeah, even actually not even not even law is i don't i feel like lawyers just made the cut, maybe but like usually it's like doctor engineer exactly like, it's usually it's just like doctor engineer but then think about like so but what does that mean in terms of our communities that they are just lacking all these other careers like what does that mean going forwards yeah like in a community that you just have a depletion of anything in the arts anything with history anything in like sociology anything in like even politics even even law i think there's not enough like people in dust like in from our sort of generation going into law going into politics like and so what is that because of the fact that we were raised for with this push of being literally like only really two career paths like either engineering or doctor mm -hmm. like in that field what does that mean in terms of our communities going forward i think that's interesting but do you think but but do you think that they've only focused on doctor and engineer so that we can go back 
to our homeland and make it better. I don't. No, I, don't no, think, I think, so. think it's more. I think it's more like. Do you not think so? No, I think I see it as like the fact. The fact is that they've come here. They're unstable. They feel like not weaker, but you know, disadvantaged at the fact that they have all these things that others don't have, or others have things that they don't have. And so, the one thing that you can strive towards and have, and no one can get in your way, and you know, once you have it, no one can take it away from you, is education. And I think it's more the fact of, you know, this is a way that has been trialed and errored. It's errored. It's a tool that we know works. Yeah, but this it's also that you get an education yeah. and then you become stable. But it's also interesting, like it's not like the those career paths, say doctor, engineer. It's not only mm. associated with money only. It's never it's never only money. Yeah, the money adds to the stability, but there's also a level of like respect. Or mm-hmm. level of like that, which which is like completely crazy. Because what does that mean? Like, so in one career path, you are, you know, I don't know if respect is the right word. Like, I love a prestige, or like, you know, there's something about those mm-hmm. careers that they want you to, because of, they want you to have that title or they want you to have that job because it gives you not only stability in terms of money, but stability in terms of like status. I feel like we're missing the point a bit because I think obviously this is something that we know is cultural within everyone, even if you live back home. Like they want you to be a doctor, they want you to be an engineer, blah, 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 blah. This is always a stereotype. That's just something that's great culture. But the question that I'm posing is, and which they discuss in the article, is why is it that if we deviate away from that that we know that the consequences are quote-unquote catastrophic Mm -hmm. is that because the sacrifices made were so big too much yeah that we can't we can't be anything other than that i think it's the guilt i think it's the guilt of like knowing that your parents immigrated to the country sacrificed all of this and then the fear that you won't succeed like with with the paths that our parents give us but regardless of if it's back home or here there's there's a stability in the way that you will be successful like you'll go to med school you'll become a doctor you'll be successful whereas like these other pathways that let's say if you want to break out if you wanted to go into the arts if you want to go into um something completely different and there isn't a path already cleared for you it is unknown and then let's say you take that risk as as a child and you don't succeed and you fail then it's like the biggest i told yeah it's literally the biggest i told you so like you could have just gone down a traditional path the path and i told told you to go down that path and i think that's why Mm. it's catastrophic because it's like they could just turn around and be like told you but then that's but then don't you guys think that's also like too much to put on on a child because i guess it every parents wants their kid to be a particular to have a particular career but then they're not really considering the child's like interests or anything or none of that because think about it right now if oh, i don't know what i'm, I'm sorry but if i got on a boat and i traveled unsafely all the way to europe and i sat down and i went through hell and then my kid was like mom i want to do this and it was like so blurry scary i would be exactly the same i'd be like sis we came here for stability i've already left the unstable world Mm -hmm. i came here for a stable income you're going to give me all these things that are not going to give me that why why did i come here then Mm -hmm. i get it like if you put yourself in that situation where you have endured so much to try strive for that stability then you are going to be like hello Mm -hmm. also when you were growing up right the so we're discussing parenting mm-hmm. the parenting of immigrant children and how that's affected us for example when you're going to school and you were like mom i want to go to my friend's house how were you guys no. how did you guys receive that no how did they receive that your friend you your just friend saw your friend at school here. why are you going to see them again? Yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah, you had fun I yesterday got- <laughs> Your friend can come here. I can see who they are. I'll meet their Mm. mom and then we'll see. Because it's like, I don't know these people. I don't know what they're about. You have absolutely no idea about this whole culture. And also, you have to remember that a lot of our parents came here when they were really young. And they have children. So they're figuring out... Both the parenting bit and the... Like, literally how to become parents. And also... In a different country. So it's like, so many things at the same time. And I get it. It's probably crazy, but... How does that then impact 
the children of immigrants. That's what I'm saying. I feel like sometimes parents, I get it, and immigrant parents can put so much pressure on the child in terms of education that I've, to be honest with you, in my lifetime, I've seen it hit and miss in terms of like, it hits it like in terms of like if it succeeded you you they their kids are usually yes perfect closer to perfect like doctors whatever have a such a stable job are, are well respected and the misfit is that the child have felt so much pressure that they were not able to speak to their parents and say or oh, were too scared to say i don't like what you planned for me mm-hmm. it's not me and then became extremely wild and have either ended up in jail or worse. I mm. think... Do you get it? So it's a yeah, hit and definitely. miss. I think be. that's the scary thing about parenting too. Even like strictness of parenting. Like it really... Like I've seen it... Go both work, ways. Go both ways where yeah. it's like... And the, I think that's the scary bit that like whenever I like take myself out of a situation, I think about my parents like learning how to parent in like already like really like crazy time where they are like my parents were like Fatima was saying they're young they were young my mom was like 21 when she had me and so it's like you're like think back to when you were 21 and all the things that you were doing like all the things that were like going on in your head and then you're raising a child and then you're also in a completely different country that you have to figure out all these things and like for us our generation I think it's also like that um the invention of like the internet like the the world was actually like changing yeah, so like when much when the internet came out yeah, and oh my, my parents god my dad like, was like you're not allowed no, on that. You, aol who are you absolutely not you got an email i was not allowed msn absolutely yeah, not same. all my friends were chat on msn and i just i didn't there, have like, msn either. here's my email like yeah. sending like yeah. long emails mm-hmm. to my friends but it's like and i feel like a lot of the times like parents would just say no because instead of opening pandora's box and saying yes to things that they would did, had no idea about they were like you know what we're just gonna safeguard this right now and just say no i don't know what prom is but no <laughs> homecoming <Yeah>. no <laughs> you can't do any of it because we just don't know what it is so we're not gonna yeah. we're not even gonna open that door for you it, it's a level of it was a level of it's a level of fear right i feel like that fearlessness that they showed a from moving to a completely different like part of the world it like translated and then just like absolute fear in terms of raising their kids like my mom says it even to this day she's like you don't understand like the like the she's like and it's like it's a classic thing it's like you'll understand when you have kids but i feel like it's like it it still won't be the same because she's like the worst thing that i could ever imagine is that like um like for example, our family back in Pakistan or our family back home being like, oh, see, you moved across the world. You moved to a country, like to the Western world and look what happened to your kids. We grew up with that, like, kind of hanging over our heads. Like, if we mm. did anything that, like, we messed up in a bad way, it's not only yeah, us messing I... up, it's like mm-hmm. it, 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 it hits shame. their parents more. Everything. And then it's, no, literally, it is, it is catastrophe. It's, it's like the no, worst thing that yeah. you could possibly imagine. For your doing to your parents is that like that's mm-hmm. it it's yeah. so funny it's so funny that you said that Lamia, because my mom have always always whenever we were like mm-hmm. stepping out of line she's always like i did not bring you in this country to do this and sure as hell to bring me shame and th- i told you so yeah it's the people, people that like like your uncles your aunts and it was kind of like and i used to always think like what the hell are you talking about until to a point where I was like, actually, people have always been waiting on like the other, the other, the other side thinking you took them to okay. a westernized country. If your child is westernized or has decided to, I don't know, decided to, you, decided to study art, this is too westernized. <laughs> what don't the hell? Anything, you anything like, yeah, it? anything like that's that. But fear. I think that's. Yeah, I think it's interesting though in that how that affects you as someone that is growing up because as like when we're when we're really really young, right? The way that a lot of young children learn is by making a mistake, realizing it's oh yeah. damn, I shouldn't do that, and then not doing it again. I'm talking about like like nursery kindergarten age. That's literally how your building blocks are made, and then you get to like high school age, and then you start messing up bigger, 
and you're like oh shit i shouldn't have done that or like you feel terrible because of a consequence of your actions etc etc builds you up as a person but when you have this literally impending doom mm. feeling when you do anything because it's not like it's like if we make a mistake like this is how i felt and like how a, a lot of the immigrant children that i grew up with felt it was like if i made a mistake i would feel more bad that my mom would be so horrified and so embarrassed if other people knew mm. yeah than from the fact that i did it anyway like mm. i would be like okay cool that was, that mm. was stupid i'm not gonna do that again but I could never get over how my mum won't get over it and how even worse than that, other people wouldn't get over it. Mm-hmm. And so make my mum feel mm-hmm. bad about it. You know what I mean? And and it trans there's a yeah. lot of layers to it. And it translates into adulthood as well. Cause I think that one thing that carried on at least with like thinking about when I was younger, I would I was completely terrified of making mistakes. Like if I didn't do well in class, like if I like if I, I never got in trouble in school, like ever, like I literally was head down in books, not like argue with any of my teachers, like goody two shoes. And I think it's because like, again, I had that fear of like, not only dishonoring like my family, dishonoring like my community, and then all like a random like village in Somalia sitting there waiting for my downfall. And <laughs> literally. Like, it's so scary to think about as like a middle schooler you're like and then like the yeah. random like kids in my class are like ha 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 like i just called my teacher a bad word and like i'm like flunking class but like it's okay because my mom is like super chill with it and i'm like i we live in completely different worlds but yeah, as an adult like, i will get yeah, 100 <laughs> but then as an adult mm. you endow so much weight on your mistakes where like you i i realize that like if I make a mistake, it's really not that big of a deal, but I feel like this like impending doom whenever I make a mistake. And I feel like it's carried on from that like expectation to constantly Mm. do my best from when I was younger. And I feel like we don't like a lot of these things translate into the way that we act as adults. Like sometimes we don't think that it really has that big of an effect on us, but it really does. It's it's also like then I think it translates into why we do the things that we do as well and why even like our hap like when we chase our happiness is it our happiness or is it our parents mm. happiness when we're really really sort of disappointed it, is it because is it really because we're like oh yeah i could have done this better or it's we're disappointed in the fact that our i mean it's because our parents are disappointed yeah um, and it's true i feel like there's a lot of things in like in a lot of things that I was more like conservative about not like even about taking chances or about trying new things or about just uh, there's like looking back there are things that I'm like um you could have done differently not that I not that like you have any not that I have like actual regrets about like decisions I made in my life but it's like it's it's because your path is was already kind of like you're already you already had blinders on and so you didn't even like mm-hmm. look around to see what else was out there what else you could have done yeah because you already have this like conservative way of like moving forward with life being like no this is right and this is wrong and this is what i'm gonna do but i always struggled with that because i was like i, I had i had an existential existential how the hell do you say that existential word? <laughs> crisis where i was like am i doing everything in my life because i want to or don't want to or because someone told me mm-hmm. not to and then i was like how do i find out <laughs> without then doing them and then screwing everyone over and it's in a way obviously it's it's a blessing because it is it is a protective factor that does save you from a lot of you know mistakes and grief and you know feeling really crappy about yourself but equally, I feel like there's a bit less motivation to stick to those things because it hasn't come from you. Because at that point, it's like, okay, so if you were in the middle of nowhere in Fiji and no one knew you, would you be doing the same things? Mm. Because, okay, take religion out of this, obviously, because God is all seeing and he's going to know what you're doing wherever you are. But in terms of like disappointing mm. like your parents and the people around you, that's how I think about it. I'm like... And that's the difference I see between me and my friends that are from immigrant families and from brown families and my like non-brown But it's friends. hard to tell. My non-brown friends, honestly, if you put them in Fiji, they'd be exactly the same. Yeah. My brown friends, I can guarantee you at least 80% of them, if we were in Fiji, completely different. Really? Mm-hmm. But it's hard to tell. Yes. It's hard to tell where that line, where that blurriness is. And it's true. Like, I feel like when I moved to London, 
not that I'm a completely different person, but I can see difference. There's differences of how I yeah. act and live and things I do, even to the point where it's like stuff that I like. Li- like I would say I'm more outgoing here than I'm at home, and maybe that's a level of comfort. Or maybe that's just like being at home is just different in and of itself. But it's true. I feel like it's hard to tell where that line is between like this is me mm. or this mm. is just how I've been, and therefore I don't know anything else. Yeah. But then it's also interesting because if you are just plucked and put into the middle of nowhere, then who's to say that the guide that we had that was our parents and our parents' morals and beliefs, etc. If we strip that back, mm. are, they in, are, are we then too easily influenced by others? No, but because that's true. It's like, I mean, I think that's like a, that's a philosophical question. <laughs> 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 listen this is how i think about this no things. but it, it is because it's like um how do you it's this it's a thing it's like how, like is it your thoughts or is it somebody else's thoughts i feel like there's always like, an influence you know? of somebody else's thoughts mm-hmm. you can never be like no, but, i'm an individual but also so heavily influenced by parents. Parents. what would my parents yeah. want what would upset my parents yeah, but and what would other people But then people people, people also have the same then it would be like, Oh, what do my friends want? Or what does society want? And what mm. there's always those levels and yeah, maybe we're like heavily influenced our parents where the rest of like literally society doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care about society. I've got my mom and dad to think about. Exactly. I feel like so it's been like pushed out of our minds. But then equally I think so when you're when you're like, Okay, no, I have to act a certain way because my parents want me to act a certain way. I think even doing the opposite when people are like completely like oh yeah i'm gonna rebel because that's still that same level of yeah. confinement because you're yeah. doing that to literally just get back at them and yeah. so it's, and not it's not you it's, it's not, not agency you it's not so that agency i think comes with I, I, I think it also just comes with growing up i feel like yeah we can be like oh, our parents mm-hmm. have this influence on us but if say if our parent and I'm, i know people who are like her parents are like completely cool but they are also have they have their own like confinement of like different mm-hmm. it's true like or what their friends would say what this dude yeah. would say or what whatever we're so weak as humans honestly we're very influ like we have very yeah, influential eas- easily is easily influenced i think it's interesting to th- also yeah. think about like i i was sitting with um, my friends and their moms and we were just having a conversation about um growing up and the differences between like things that our parents were okay with back home and then like this like crazy expectation that they have like on us like half of like it was it was like clothing like modesty even like religiousness or like things that they were like perfectly fine with doing at their age but then we were like okay so like if we did that now you guys would like literally you guys call us at like 7 p.m and you're like where are you but like my like yeah like all, all of our moms were like yeah we used to like have fun we used to hang out until the wee hours in the literally night literally be on the streets like, for... in, but like not even like yep for context madison is a town it's not even a city and we're literally <laughs> all driving to each other's houses but like our moms grew up in like bigger cities and you know what i mean like and it's crazy like mm. i feel like that it's that fear of like knowing like I feel like sometimes it, and it depends on the family like I don't want to generalize and say like all immigrant parents are this way because there's different definitely differences but a lot of the times there's just like no room for mistakes if that makes sense like yeah um like the differences between the way that they grew up and things that they were okay with and um I think like one of our moms was like oh yeah but like we like but we made mistakes and like that's why we made them so then you guys wouldn't want to make mistakes and one of my friends is like but i want to make mistakes like i don't want to be a perfect human being but it's like things that they were okay with or like like things that they learned and stuff like that and it's like and sometimes i think about for future generations like our generations being parents i feel like we know so much as well and that like Dude, that, I'm literally the expectation be the strictest of yeah, the expectation ever. of perfection. Yeah, I'm no not, Instagram, no social no, media, no TikTok, no, no, no TikTok. TikTok. The but AI is gonna get it you. Back, it comes back as well to what we talked about before. Is like you can actually see progressively through the years the more kids they have when they become more aware of like actually they did, we did this and it wasn't actually that bad. She can do it this time round mm-hmm. with the younger siblings. So. Mm-hmm. I really honestly think a lot of it goes back to like the fear of the unknown because the more familiar they got with it, the more lax they got. Mm. That's yeah. so true. With like their kids, especially mm. with like yes. 
like eldest daughters as well. Like I feel like Dude, you're we took the runt of it. We all. took we were just we took everything and just put it Literally, on our back and our siblings. Exactly. Should we start there. a support group? We really should. Like <laughs> eldest immigrant daughter <laughs> support group. I think, I think there is one in London. I believe I think there's one in London called Stop. Oh, I forgot what there the name is. Was. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do I sign up? It's called up? Home. I forgot what it was. Home called. Girl? Home, home Girls home. Unite, I think, or something. Yeah. But it's so true. Like, I think Hassan Minaj was talking about it where he was like, He's so funny. he was talking about how, as the eldest, you sit there and you take all of, the, you're basically a guinea pig. Like, eldest yeah, children are already a guinea pig. To, wherever you are but then on top of that as a child of immigrants you're literally a guinea pig in this like weird vacuum and your parents try out all these like different like parenting styles blah 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 and then you have all these like existential crises as the eldest and then your siblings are like ha 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 you're so lame i have a personality and like has just like where do you think <laughs> this is why they're cooler yeah, than he's like where do you think you got your personality from you think you formulated that by yourself like you got it from me oh, i mate, can't relate guys corner <laughs> yeah and then i feel like eldest <laughs> kids are relate. always more sensitive because we're all like we're all like, just like on edge or we're just times. dead inside i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> dead. yeah or oh, we dead feel inside. like quite, i feel like personally and also other eldest um kids of immigrant children that i felt oh, have kind of inherited the same protectiveness over um us yeah. younger siblings and mm. you know now when i see my family's more lax and i kind of like suspect something and i'm like i understand this better than you do and this is not it <laughs> like you need to go back to your old ways because this is we're going we're going off path here <laughs> well we, we've never done this before <laughs> <laughs> no but that's so true that's so funny yeah. you say that because it's between between my older sister and me there's like a big gap and it's so funny because until now, even though she's married with six kids, there's things that I do that if she does it, she's like, oh, my God, mom's going to be so pissed off. But I'm looking at it thinking, yo, you're married. Like, what are you, why are you scared of mom? And she's like, no, no, I'm, no, no, no. I'm like we can't that. do this. Dude, and I'm, I'm like, I'm literally relax. Like, <laughs> I would literally be like a, a second mom from here, literally calling them. I'm like, why are you out? As I'm like, oh, she's <laughs> That's one thing. Okay, I to be always... fair, it's hypocritical as well. Yeah. It's hypocritical, but it's because I'm like I have agency over myself, so it's like fine. But that's the thing. That's why it's so hard being a parent. No, but because you're like I can't control well. you. Yeah. But are we taking on the toxic traits of being so controlling? Because my we... sister's like, "You're not my mom," and I'm like, "Yeah, but yeah. you know, you don't understand. No, but I know. You know, even I my... know, and you don't know. Literally, I don't, I don't know. think." <laughs> I don't I don't think I don't think you're taking on the toxic. I think you just kind of like you've seen yeah. it too many times. But you, I, I don't normal. know about you, Fatma, but then you also try to bridge that gap between your younger siblings and your parents. And then I just get caught up in the middle. Like I literally get shot down yeah. from both it's the middle bit. I, you where get I'm like, shot it's down from both not that deep. Literally you get shot down yeah. from both sides because mm -hmm. you, like, you're like trying to bridge the gap being like, okay, yeah. this like like mama, this is what she's trying to say. She's not blah blah blah. And then yeah. to her, I'm like, look, it's mama. Like, what are you like, you know? Yes. But you're, and then you she's just trying. literally become like the target for both of them. And then just yeah. I will literally dead. get phone calls from my mother yes. being like, your sister, ah, like going wild yeah. with me for something my sister did. I'm like, sis, I'm in a different wrong caller. <laughs> Like what? Who? Yeah. Like why are you telling me? She's like this because you, mm. you did this. And I'm like, what did I do for this other human being? Like how am I held responsible? It's because it's like you said, you're in the middle, mm -hmm. and like they, there's there's this gap. And on this side, I'm telling her, look, it's not that deep. On the other side, I'm like, it's that deep. Mama. Exactly. It's, I'm telling my sister, like, this is mama. Like I don't care if you don't think it's it's okay. She don't think it's okay, yeah, so yeah. it's not okay. Yeah. Exactly. And then you just end up tired and stressed and then you just Dude. face the wall for 10 hours and you're like, I wish I was younger. <laughs> I want to resign. I want <laughs> Where do I retire? Someone send me the paycheck. Like that's It's it. funny though, because like um I even though I'm the eldest, maybe it's because I'm reverting and I'm becoming a child. That could be it. <laughs> but I just never had the protective, like the protectiveness over my siblings. Maybe it's because we we have like awkward age because you lived in madison sis. yeah there was nothing <laughs> there's really nothing protective about. so true but it's like there but i always resented yeah. like 
my I didn't resent my younger siblings, but like I feel like I had this expectation to be like the perfect like mm. daughter, everything. And then I would like focus like I was so like academics were like maybe that's why I'm burnt out. Sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like having a therapy <laughs> oh, wow. session. Therapy session. Anyway, <laughs> Keep talking, to men. So, we're here. This is so focused on my academics, and I was such a square. Like I was such a nerd. I only focused on my academics. I was like silent. I was a mouse. And then all of a sudden, my siblings would come to the school, and they were the cool kids. And like my teachers that never had my sister, my brother, started calling me my sister's name because my sister was like this. Oh. Like my sister, and my brother were just like the popular kids. Like they were so much more outgoing in school. And I was like the nerdy, dweeby older sister that was carrying all the families. <laughs> like like like. <laughs> no matter i have a question this is going to get a bit deeper so i've been intrigued where were you guys in america for 9-11 and did that impact you as an immigrant child in america well yeah well we've been in madison our entire lives and um i don't think it actually impacted me as much as like because i have friends that like lived in other cities and they have these like horror stories of growing up in a post 9-11 world as a young american muslim and everything Mm. but i feel like madison's like this weird dystopia where like i was in third grade i think year four is that what you brits call it yeah Yeah. (laughs) um and like when it happened and i i wasn't wearing hijab i was like I don't know how old that was, but I was like really young and like nobody in my class knew I was Muslim. And then some kid thought I was Buddhist and everything. And then I started wearing my hijab when I was in sixth grade, but I went to a different school in a different district. So I didn't know anybody there. But even then it never like translated into, um, Mm. it never translated into like this like identity crisis up until college. Like college is where it was a lot more like dramatic because I went to a big campus with a bunch of like white kids from the north that have never seen a black person let alone a muslim but i feel like it also it's interesting because like i had this conversation with my mom because she started wearing her hijab when my brother was born so like 1999 2000 um and on top of like raising like kids in america like just like having that conversation about like you're muslim like you're you're wearing hijab at the or like when you started wearing hijab like even my parents were like yo are you sure like you don't have to have that like that Mm. not burden but in a way it is like wearing something that represents islam in a society where they really didn't know what was happening um basically the most roundabout way it didn't necessarily like i don't i can't pinpoint a memory where i'm like yeah this is actually like crazy we got rinsed we Mm. got rinsed first of all my brother's name is osama till this day he gets like osama bin laden jokes Mm. like either like really really horribly or as a passing like haha and i like growing up i feel like retrospectively i can see a lot of things that were said to me just because you know, my mom's English was broken and like when people would come over or because, you know, my my food was different or because like I told you guys that story when I was like in a swing, minding my own business. I'm seven years old, going really high on the swing. And I'm like, Baba, Baba, come see me. And then this like random white kid is like, bad, bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? And then like all these things I think do like slowly affect you and at the time I think my parents did a good job of like not making us realize it was because we were Muslim per se Mm. but I do remember thinking if I wasn't Muslim if I wasn't Arab my life would be a lot easier as a kid were you wearing a hijab I wore it young yeah Oh yeah, it's standard. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you, I think I then, be, you get caught if you wear ugly, like these things that like as a teenage girl. It's not. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not it. I think it for us, it was it was it was a weird, like small town, and so my mom just like, I literally viewed school as a job. Like even in like middle school and high school, like I'd go to school, do my classes, and then my like my like social life and everything was at the masjid. Like my mom would like take us to like Sunday. Like 
I was proper like nerd. Like I was like, yay, Sunday school. Woo. That's like where all my friends were and everything. <laughs> and that's where my social life was. And so for me, like I I feel like I didn't even I didn't even clock the fact that like I was living like a completely separate life from most of my classmates. Like I was in school and I never really felt left out because I just viewed it yeah, as like a temp- yeah I didn't try I was like yeah. I'm not gonna fit in but it's really interesting like, I, I think we talked ab- about this in um are you even black where I feel like where my parents are have like the most fear in raising kids is with my brothers because they're they're both yeah. like young black boys and I the like my parents like their fear of like me and my sister wearing hijab is not even like at the same yeah, yeah. at the same level mm-hmm. as like my the way that they we don't have that vibe yeah, yeah, like, case, it's so. like it's like and i sometimes i have to tell my parents where i'm like yo like chill like it's it'll be okay like don't be the, like, and, then it's, and at the mm-hmm. end of the day sometimes i'm like i can't even like fully convince myself of the same because you never know mm-hmm. but like in terms of like allowing them yeah, to drive, remember all the acid yeah time? like like literally like driving late my parents are like no you're not allowed to like your friends are like your friends can drive you but you're not driving or like um just like the way that they know how my brothers are perceived they Mm -hmm. just get so scared because it's something that's so unknown to them because in Somalia it's like being black everyone 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 looks like you but just knowing that like your body is weaponized in a different way is really scary for them I've never thought of it in terms of like actually because obviously for me it was just being brown and like the whole hijab aspect but obviously if you were black that's a whole new thing in in america mm-hmm. that was a much bigger issue mm-hmm. being black and yeah. how unsafe you are but i do think that i do see the difference in the sense that when we were growing up the fear of muslims and foreigners mm-hmm. was just growing yeah. and you can kind of feel mm-hmm. the hate around that's such a yeah and that's what made me crave like making friends that were more like me and and i remember Mm. seeing the light and being like oh not everyone thinks i'm like this and this and this whereas like my younger siblings have grown into a world where yeah okay muslims and arabs and uh, you know brown people in general their reputation is still tarnished in a way or they perceived in a stereotypical way but also there are so many forward-thinking individuals right now that are saying this is wrong yeah. and we shouldn't do this back in the day everyone's like yep no it's actually so true it'd be like that yeah. I, I remember like i feel like there was a distinct like period where it was like never ending it was like yeah, it was during horrible. the i think 2011 like the arab spring uprising yeah. that period and then like the the whole period after like the ice like when it was super concentrated just like different horrible. things with, with isis there was days where it's like are you like i I would i remember like this, give me a break no literally yeah it would be give me a break and it's true we didn't have that same level of like racism is bad <laughs> like mm-hmm. no <laughs> We didn't. We didn't. Have we were that. just like, oh, that's it, it was. It was literally like that. I remember like getting on the bus one. Day. It was after I think the Paris, the Charlie, the Charlie oh, Hebdo attacks. And I guess I mean, yeah, you guys were here, but even in Canada, like I remember, I just Dude, got onto the that bus that really I got onto the bus that morning, and I was just like, good morning, and he's just like, is it? I'm like, oh, I, like I didn't, I didn't, and then, but it's. It was it was to the point where you literally or going to work. I remember I worked in a hospital at that time, and they were sending emails out about about like I'm like literally you're in Canada, nobody's trying to attack you. <laughs> but they were sending emails like yeah. oh, there's a bomb tra- threat in the in the hospital. What do you do? And being the only like forget like brown, but like Muslim hijabi wearing melanin, you know, melanin-y person <laughs> in the office. <laughs> everybody everybody just i i hate you even if they don't mean to and you're just like can i just yeah think it too yeah. i've i've experienced i've i've experienced it so bad i'm not gonna lie to you guys especially during the 9-11 i was about to start high school and it was kind of like everybody didn't know each other you're like you're trying to make new friends and i remember every day i would get my hijab oh every day Every day and every day I will get into a fight. Literally. I hated my life so much that I was like, I'm not going back to that school. And it was kind of like at that time it was like, Tough luck. You can't really transfer mm, yeah. from one high school to another. It wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like you're gonna have to bite the bullet. And it was kind of like I grew a thick skin. I remember my mom said to me that I was like every every morning I was like, 
I'm going to a battlefield. Yeah. That's it. But you know what's interesting as well it. that I find is very different with immigrant parents to like people from here is the they very much for like fight for your right. Mm. Like because we mm. used to get a lot of crap um the same as you, Mona. I think the UK had it actually quite bad in that period. And my dad mm. was very clear. He was like, if anyone just respects you, you don't need to respect them. <laughs> because at that point it was like getting beat, beat them down up. he was like if and he would say to my brother like, if anyone hits you beat them beat up them. <laughs> because it was like what what, what else can you do at that time there was no like oh my god tell the teacher because the teacher thought exactly the yeah. same as the kid mm-hmm. yeah yeah so that was uh, that was yeah. my mom like that she was literally like do whatever you have to do to protect yeah. yourself I'll pretend in front of the teachers that I'm kind of saying, no oh my God, yes. but it was kind of like, when we got home, I'd be like, this one. <laughs> it was exactly the same. We'd, like, they'd come in and I'd be like, yeah, tell my dad, I'm not. <laughs> Who cares? Exactly. Like, I bet my, my mum was not no, a violent but person, it's like, but what it was can kind of do? like, if you touch, if you touch, yeah, it was like, if you touch my kid and the, the and system's the funny not going to help like you. Like you said, teach, and the teachers would just sit there yeah. and stare at you like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. for you. And you're like, I don't yeah. need you. And the, the reason that I don't think that it's because they're like, it's not like our parents are barbaric. It's because, you know, I remember specifically, I don't know if I told you the story when I had a Canadian science teacher and he kept being like apparatus. And I was like taking the piss out. What do you guys say? Apparatus. <laughs> and then I was like, apparatus. <laughs> apparatus. Um, well, Bunter burner and anyway he made anybody me stay behind <laughs> he made me stay behind class and he was like i'm gonna call your mom and i was like please i will die i was like my mom is an immigrant <laughs> like i genuinely remember sitting i can imagine the classroom in my head i was bawling and i was like you don't understand my mom and dad will kill me like you don't know what this means to me so like it's not a case of like my parents didn't care what people thought or they didn't care to respect people no like where respect was due more than anyone probably they expected it but at a time where there was no one to stick up for us mm. and nothing to do obviously if someone's going to tear you down you're not going to sit around and think and do you think that this generation can handle that no <laughs> no way no, they'd go they to can't. twitter bro they would literally tweet about it and be and like it honestly mm. they got half the crap that we got around that time oh my god you guys we sound like the old Back in the days. No, but it's interesting. It's interesting. It's true. Interesting though, because I was I was talking to a bunch of parents, and um, and they were like back home, and they were talking about like how they are just ten times more afraid of like, like the parents were like talking about how like, and this is like the parents of like the younger generation. So, like my mom's. My mom's like friends and my friends younger group of parents that are raising like teenagers right now. And like the fear that they feel um, in raising children present day is like, they're just like, I don't know. I don't know what is happening. I don't know. Like, especially with um, everything that happened um like post ISIS, I feel like when that I freaking hate ISIS resurgence of Islam, that resurgence of Islamophobia, and like the way that like everything's just ten times more magnified with social media and everything, like these parents are like petrified of sending their kids to school. Like they're like, I don't know how I'm raising my kids. Like and they're like freaking out, and it's like little support groups of like oh my older God. generation like parents yeah. being like, okay, well this is what we did, but it's like yeah. it's also different like yeah. generationally. So different. Like not even just like raising immigrant children, but raising immigrant children. Like the way that we grew up is very different than like for example like my 16 year old brother right now. Like the challenges that parent the immigrant parents are facing raising children at that age i think is also really different and so it's like it's crazy because it's like the layers just keep adding dude do you know there's some things that are now like really big that i just don't know how parents are coping like the over sexualization of children the unsafety Mm -hmm. of them on you know social media and the internet the way that they have access to the whole world the way that they are very very clever at these things like i remember when we would go on the internet like yeah I-, I would know how to hide certain things from my parents but now honestly if i open my sister's phone 100 percent probably she can hide a million things from me and i wouldn't know and there's just a 10 year difference between us let alone having a newborn child <laughs> yeah yeah 
It's crazy because my when I speak to my sister about ra- her raising her daughters here, or even my oldest my older sister, they all have that fear of like, I don't know. We don't know how mom did it. I don't know how they did it. I, and and our our mom did it like without speaking the language, mm-hmm. completely like uprooting to a different country. Well, whilst they grew up here and now their kids mm-hmm. and they had their kids and they like raising their kids here, they always are complaining and saying, I wish I was in yeah. a Muslim yeah. country and but raise I don't my even child. Think that matters. In my and that's the thing, right? It's like, it's always no, that constant. It's I always think like, oh, the world, this world is just like, it's just like absolute, you know, this world is just not good for raising kids. But in a way, it's always been like that. It's always... Are, then the yeah, last so it's, a it's always difficulty. a different difficulty and it's like we mm. our parents had that at the time that they were raising us right like this world is not like safe for raising kids and yeah. right now literally sometimes i'm like i would never want to have kids in this world like can you believe, why would i do why that, would I do, that? <laughs> do you like the absolute mm. actually it actually scares me the fear of like just being i mean because yeah. the thing is it's true like yeah, if if your par- if your kids turn out messed up, yeah, it's sad for them. But it's like really terrifying when you think about it for you too, because it's like, what? Sure. This is another thing. Are we meant to have that much control, or is it just because we no. got so used? Because to in the so end, no. In because in the end, it's like the world is always going to be like that. It doesn't matter what it's country keep you're evolving. in. We can't keep. Well, up. It doesn't matter what country you're in. Mm-hmm. Whatever, wherever you live, I think that's a constant fear in parenting. In anyways, and and. And I don't know, it's like, I think, and that's what maybe our parents, that's what you see with like younger siblings. There's a level of like, okay, I'm like super scared about this. I'm super like worried about that. But then you have to like let go and you have to be like, Mm -hmm. okay, I can't control this and that's it. And I feel like that's where our parents are right now, especially with our younger siblings. They're just like, (laughs) like whatever. My mom, whatever to your face. My mom always used to say like parenting is like, when the first child like let's say if you have the pacifier and it drops on the ground you go and you wash yeah. it and you scrub it and you like ant it and then the second child you like yeah. kind of rub it on your shirt and she's like fourth child straight from the ground you, just, back yeah. in your mouth. you don't care all. immunity like and the, and there's like a level of just yeah, like yeah. letting go i feel like and i see that with like my younger brother i just like watch my parents and they're he, he's just chilling like one time he like the way we always talk about how my brother's like just rogue like he'll just say he'll just say things to my parents and i'm like if i said two percent of what you said i would literally be annihilated i'd be gone Masalama, Naman would be <laughs> R.I.P. Like, cease to exist, and it's like, oh. but he'll say it, and then my parents are just like, yeah, okay, whatever. And I'm, I'm watching, like, how, how did we get yeah. here? That's, but it's that's how my old, that's how my older siblings say that to me. They're um, like, how in the hell you did your mom? I swear to God, she's. They always say to me that mom gave you too much freedom to fly to a different country by yourself, mm. and they look at me like we envy you. How the hell have you got her to do this? And I'm like, I think she just got tired of you guys. It's actually so true. Let me do whatever mm-hmm. she wants. Younger siblings have it. But then, ima- but then, uh, imagine how, like, how much your mom had to be tired of your siblings. Yeah. To let you have <laughs> to let Muna be Muna. Imagine, like, how, yeah. <laughs> like there was a sacrifice made. <laughs> there is, guys, because until now, my older sister, okay, her eldest child, my mom, until now. If my mom just looks at her sideways, like in the most like wrong way, she will pee her pants. Whereas I will look at her and be like, "Mom, relax, chill, take a chill." And pill. they're always like, "Huh? Yeah." And they're always like, "How do you do that?" It's, but it's also interesting to because you guys briefly brought up like, oh, like we brought up our kids in the West and stuff like that. Like it's the generations and like the way kids grow up now it doesn't even matter i think labia said this like it doesn't matter what country and it reminds me i don't know if you guys watched rami oh um but there's there's one scene of him like he has this like romanticized view of like going back home and everything and then he goes back to egypt and he thinks that like back home is going to be like this like spiritual like like um pilgrimage and stuff like that and his cousin is like yo do you want to go to tji fridays and like smoke crack and he's like how did i get like how did i get here and he had this expectation that his cousins back home are like well holy yeah and it's like and it's i always viewed that where it's like there's this expectation that 
our our families back home have that were the mess yeah. ups. Like we're the ones that grew up in the West. But like when I look at my siblings and I, I'm like, yo, we're square, <laughs> bro. We like we grew are. up in America, and like we literally like Dude, chilled. Like, actually... We were like in a small town. But then our like when you talk to family back home or people that come from other countries, they expect you to have this like crazy Western life and mm-hmm. rebel against your parents. And you're like, nah, I was just Dude, actually, I feel like it's the opposite. In fear. It's, it's the opposite. I feel like my cousins yeah. like back in Boston, there's way more chill. They're way more wild. I'm a wild. Yeah. Like, like, cousins that live in Islamabad. I'm like, mama, look, they're out late. <laughs> Look on Instagram. Let me go to Tim Hortons. No, but it's actually it's actually so true. Like we're the because we literally like we're completely pulled the other way. Like we're literally like we're we're the complete opposite in the way that we would grow up. But because when they came, it was very much like us and them. Whereas we're so integrated with the population around us, and also obviously over time, it's become so much more cosmopolitan, particularly where we live, that we can't we can't continue to have that mindset of us and them because us and who when they're like i feel like there isn't that increased fear or maybe they just like allow things because everything's a little bit more familiar that familiarity allows for more flexibility whereas like fear, yeah so then so then your family's like a lot more like lax and chill whereas like I look at like my cousins and family that grew up in these in the states, and it's like our parents are all so much more. Dude, my same strict parents, with our my yeah. same parents when I lived in the UK compared to when we lived in the Middle East, I had a completely different life, hmm. completely different life because they were way more familiar with the Middle East. They were way happier with me doing way more, doing the exact same hmm. things in those countries. It was like, yeah, cool, because hmm. ultimately they know what it is. They know what's up. Well, to a certain degree. <laughs> Sometimes they're a lot more messed up. <laughs> a lot more messed up. Like smoking crack. Yeah. Anyways, I feel like we could <laughs> still do even a part three on this. I think it's so interesting. And um, We've literally turned it into a therapy session. And it's, it's always important to come back to the fact that not all people immigrate for the same reasons. And we, not everyone has you know, the same background. And everyone has mm. their own stuff going on. And their own motives and their own, you know, obstacles. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that was an interesting yeah. convo, gals. And mm-hmm. if you guys enjoyed it, let us know on at Chilab, our Instagram page. And we also post loads of mini IGTVs and just like updates and cute pics. So go follow us on there and hopefully see us next Sunday with a new episode. But until then, bye guys. Aloha. Salama. Adios. Oh, we're back on adios, are we? Oh, yep. okay. Mi amigo. Habla español, eh? Habla español. Hola, de boca. Okay, bye-bye.